caring for children has always been one of the deepest and most satisfying things a human being can do. The world is changing and there's never been a more important time for childcare business owners to start marketing their businesses. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about everything that can help you grow your childcare business and stand out in a crowded market. Welcome to the Childcare Business Growth Podcast. Okay, so we are live. So hey, everyone, it's Nick here from Childcare Business Growth, and I'm super excited today. Some, I'm sure lots of you recognize who's with me, but I'm super excited to have the amazing Lynn here from One Place Childcare. Lynn, thank you so much for jumping on with me. I always love to have a chat with you. I know the last time I spoke to you in person, we were chatting for quite a while, and the reason why I wanted to bring you on today is because obviously we're talking about the new book, Childcare Top Tips. Um, and I wanted to bring you on. I know you've got your copy there as well. I'm on your article right now. Uh, there we go. <laughs> so the whole idea of this this conversation, Lynn, we're just going to do a quick overview. Obviously, right now, we're trying to get this book in as many people's hands as possible so we can raise as much money for charity operation and go railroad as possible. But if you don't mind, tell me, first of all, for those that don't know you, tell me a little bit about why you exist as a business. What is the story about your why? Sure. Well, thank you, Nick, for having me. And like you said, it's always a pleasure for us to brainstorm and look at best practices and the child care top tips. When you approached us about contributing an article, um, we were very interested in it, but also knowing that you're donating the proceeds to this charity is just warms my heart because it's it's for a very important purpose and yet value gets into the hands of, of leaders. So why do we exist? One Place Childcare is the only provider of compliance and best practice software. So there's a lot of technology in early education and we sit in the side of the house that a lot of people think is, well, it's not as sexy or it's not as fun as working with the children, but um, fact in point, it's probably even more important that you're managing compliance and best practice because when it is a problem, it's typically a big problem. Yes. So that's we exist for the purpose of helping to manage compliance and best practice around licensing standards, around insurance, around quality management. Those are an entirely different part of the uh, house than other technology that serves ECE. So in a nutshell, that's what we're about. Yeah. And if you don't mind, just give everyone maybe just an example of some of the things you do, you know, what your platform does, just so they have a, a really good understanding. Because, you know, you and I have often had this conversation. There's so much technology around now, so many options for people. But I think you're very unique in what you guys do. Just give it maybe an example or two, if you don't mind, Lynn, about, sure. you know, what you do. Sure. So we are, as I said, it's a software platform accessible by a tablet, an iPad, mobile device, laptop. And what it's designed to do is to take your paper-based standard operating procedures and digitize them. But digitizing it isn't enough. How do you optimize it? How do you look for the gaps? How do you look for places where you have liabilities? I'll give you a very simple example of if licensing were to show up, knock, 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 unannounced, what would they see and what potential citations would you have? So an example of a center of excellence being proactive using one place is they're doing mock licensing visits so that they're closing those gaps before it does become um, a liability or a citation. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's often too easy to overlook those things because 
we're so caught up in the day-to-day, aren't we? That happens a lot. Very much so. And you and I've shared some of these stats before, but I think it's worth repeating in this context that when we survey um, the uh, ECE and we look at how they're currently managing best practices, they'll refer to things like, well, we have a clipboard in the classroom as a reminder of what needs to be done. So roughly 50% have it as a clipboard in a classroom as a reminder of something to be done. And then 20% um, complete it and they put it in a binder and 20, 25% don't document it because they just know what to do. So I ask you what could possibly go wrong under that scenario? Would you want your surgeon to just be going by a checklist and just knowing what to do or your airline pilot? We have the same responsibility um, because we've got these precious assets in our care, the children and staff. We owe it to them to be thorough with a form of checklist and a digital checklist is the way to go because paper, when it gets into the binder, I like to say the binders have blinders. You can't yeah. see what's in there to look at trends and gaps and things like that. I think as well, it's a great aspect for, you know, when you've got staff covering, you've got obviously new team members coming on board. Um, you know, we, we, we've had, you know, team members join us in the past that maybe came from a business that didn't have those processes in place. And it's a big kind of wake up call for people, yes. you know, to, to be able to go, oh, I've, I've actually got to follow these steps. Yeah, you have, because it's our heads on the line at the end of the day. You know, obviously we're looking after someone's most precious gift, but you, we're the ones that are going to face the liability over the things if we don't follow those exact processes. Yes. Um, I think it's particularly important as well, obviously, as you you scale and you have more locations because, again, you can't be in all places at one time as an owner as well. So, you know, another important point. So tell me if you don't mind. I know we've spoken about this briefly before, but tell me a little bit about the OO disease, if you don't mind. Sure. So the uh oh disease is something I ran into prior to being in the field of early education. And it's simply put is uh oh disease's original owner. The original owner disease looks something like this. We it's our baby. We have created this company. This is um, our mission. And the original owner typically has a vault of knowledge about how the business is is run, who needs to do what, how it needs to be done, and where does that become a problem? Well, in the post-COVID era, which I'm calling it that now because we are coming out the other side and we're looking out of our foxholes, but what that's shown us is um, you need those consistent, well-documented practices. They can't be in somebody's head. They really need to be well-documented and well-communicated. And where this comes into play, Nick, is whether you're a center of excellence that's looking to grow to your point, how do you replicate that vault of the original owner? It, the only way you can is to have well-documented systems and processes and measurements. And then similarly, when you're preparing to exit your business, if that knowledge is in your head, when a buyer does their due diligence, the first thing they're going to look at is I've got to replace that knowledge. Somebody has to do that job. Exactly. And if it is, affects your valuation of your program. So even if you're not preparing to exit or grow, you need to have these things documented so you avoid the uh uh-oh and you're prepared to pass that along. And the other thing that we've seen is some of those forced sabbaticals, if you had to be out because of illness, again, that knowledge is so valuable. Do it now while you have the time. Do it now. Make it a priority um, so that you can mitigate those risks um, and limit liabilities. Ultimately, yeah. it's about peace of mind, Nick. 
when the day yeah, is done. examples as well, if you don't mind me sharing. I was talking sure. to someone recently where, um, unfortunately, they were forced to take time out of the business because of a relative being unwell. And, you know, they felt so out of the loop and they, they were clearly getting frustrated because certain, not everyone, but certain team members were not following those processes that the owner had originally trained the team members on. Yes. Um, and the other one, the other example I want to share as well is the, you know, we've had this in our business, you know, when we first started six, seven years ago now, what I was doing at that particular time has evolved now, we, you know, there's 27 of us in the team and even more experts specializing in each area of what we do. Yes. They've come in and updated those processes and things have changed, you know, just running Facebook ads, for example, the whole systems change, etc. So I think it's really important what you're talking about there that it can't, first of all, it can't just be in the owner's head. Yeah. You know, as things evolve, those systems and processes need updating regularly too. Yes. And can I build on that? I love what you just said, um, because if it's documented and we actually do version control. So if you think about how things change over time, you're reporting on how it was done in the past, but you're looking for those operational improvements that you've made over time. And that's valuable data. We as leaders in ECE should be capturing that type of data. And the other area that you touched upon that I, I think will resonate with your listeners, that parents and insurance companies go onto your licensing website they're looking to see if there's been any citations and even if they're just missing paperwork, not as big as some of the other ones, but you don't want to give them any reason to pause where conversely, if you you have these well-documented, when you have those inspections, that's part of your unique selling proposition because you got a hundred percent or, you know, very few, if any citation, and that's peace of mind for your families and for your staff, because they see that you're staying on top of best practices. So yes, absolutely. It, it affects all parts of the business. 100%. So uh, let's move on there, if you don't mind, because I think it ties in perfectly there. Talk to us a little about operational excellence and what, you know, what do you find, define that as and what does that look like to you? I would categorically say it falls into three key areas. The first one, and I can tell when I'm talking with a, a leader, um, we'll have conversations about what, how they manage continuous improvement. So the first one is they're committed to continuous improvement. There's no such thing as good enough. And they're always looking for ways to improve. The second one is they're being proactive. They're not waiting for a problem. They're proactive in looking at their best practices. Like I said, with that um, situation where if licensing, as a, for example, were to show up, they're proactive, they're not waiting. And then the last one is they're passionate about measurement and what they measure matters. Their staff knows that it matters. And they're also, um, they're conveying from the moment they interview people to the, you know, the 30, 60, 90 day, how are things going? Everybody knows what the expectations are. So that leadership shadow um, caught up in those three key areas is what we look at as operational excellence and the hallmarks of it. And I think there's there's one point, if you don't mind me adding to that, Lynn, as well, sure. just one thing that, you know, when you've worked with a business, for example, and you've gone and helped them around putting this, you know, these systems and processes in place, one of the big things I notice a lot, it was the same in our childcare business, you know, 
particularly when you're struggling staff wise one of the biggest things is often you don't give them the onboarding as much as needed you know they don't have you know it happens you know i know we were guilty of that sometimes and i openly admit that that we didn't you know because the team is so stretched sometimes maybe someone's off ill or someone's on you know leave whatever it is for whatever reason that happens i think you know have you any examples that you could share where that's happened maybe in a business that you can think of sure so the onboarding is top of mind for everybody because they're continually looking to add to their bench and making sure that they've got the best quality people. So I'll tie this back to one place that having it in a digital environment, you can embed what those expectations are into the questions. It could be a little YouTube video on diapering, or it could be a things to look for on playground safety. So it's putting some of those stop gaps in place but then if that person who's normally responsible for that job is not in, that checklist still needs to be done. Yeah. So I then have that visibility of from my dashboard as an owner, I can see, is it completed, partially completed or not completed? So what I'm looking for isn't the 100%. I'm looking for the exceptions. So those Xs. And there are times when the exceptions are, are totally understandable, but it's the trend of the X that you're, you want to get ahead of. So yes, if it's changing of staff, so long as you know certain things need to be done every day by a certain point of time in the day or the week or the month or the quarter, if it's not being done, you're not waiting to find out later when there's a problem. You can see real-time visibility. Yeah, and I, I, just, I just want to reiterate here, in, in case those of you that are listening to this haven't had that light bulb moment yet, but the amount of conversations I have with owners where they talk to me about, oh, you know, I'd love to do this with the business, but I'm so involved in the day-to-day -day operations because people are not doing things the way I want them to do these things. Or, uh, you know, I'm having to repeat the process and show them time and time again. And often I think a lot of that comes down to exactly what Lynn's talking about here. Those systems and processes are not in place or they might be in place in some format, but they're not documented. They're not written out. They're not video format. There's no accountability. I think this is a huge game changer for a business owner because this, if you know, I could relate this, and I don't know if you, I hope you don't mind me relating this here, but The E Myth Revisited is a book that I love. I'm a big believer in that book around everything. Every, before you can step out of a role, you must have the systems and the processes, and most importantly, those checklists in place to make sure that before you step out of that role, Everything is documented, the playbook, everything is there for you to be able to step outside of that role. You know, yes. I'll share something. I was talking to someone recently. This is a, uh, an owner that runs, you know, two very large businesses. Um, and they even have a playbook. So every single thing processed before their home. So they have a housekeeper and every single thing for their home has a process how to mow the lawn, how to fold the iron in, how to, you know, the children's routine, every single thing. And I know that might sound, well, I'll ask you, Lynn. For anyone that's ever said to you, that sounds like a lot of work. What's your response to that? Because I'm sure that's probably come up as a question before. The first thing I'll say is I turn it back around. If it's not documented, how do you know it's being done? And the other part is I'll get pushed back potentially where they'll say, oh, well, the staff is already too busy. They've got too much to do. And it's a I kind of lean in and say, 
So are they doing it or not doing it? Because these are things that should be done, Nick, whether or not they're in a digital environment. These are what best practice looks like to keep the children safe, to manage the quality standards, to meet your brand standards, to keep your staff protected, to meet compliance. So it's it's all the so that, so that, so that, that comes out of this. So I would I would just lean back in a little bit to say, if you're not doing this, what steps can you take to get to a place where you can? Um, and if you're not doing it because back to the simply know what to do, you're operating with known liability. That's a liability. It's as simple as that. And yeah. most of us can't afford that liability. No, 100%. Lynn, I could talk to you forever about this because I, I think as a topic, it's it's such a game changer, you know, when you can systemize the business and have everything documented, the process, everything in place to be able to go, okay, it's there now. Now it's a case of what we want to do. Do we want to scale this? Do we want to open more locations? You know, buying yeah. back your time. I'm a big believer in that concept of buying back your time, but making sure that the quality and the, the checklists are in place, that it's done the exact way it should be done. So right. I know in your topic, uh, in the book, um, yourself and Martin spoke about operational excellence in the childcare, sorry, in childcare through best practice and compliance. So, you know, this topic alone, I got a huge amount of value from, guys. And just to reiterate what this book is all about, this book, what we've done here is we've taken industry experts, people like Lynn and Martin from, you know, One Place Childcare. And the idea of this is rather than give you a whole book on one particular topic, We've, gone into, we've just given you their top 10 tips on what they would do if you were asking them, having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. What would be your top 10 tips on the things you would implement in your business? So the whole idea is that we've cut out all the fluff, gone straight to those top 10 tips. And, and you guys can get a copy of this. If you want to go to childcaretoptips.com, you can either get a physical copy like this sent out to you, or you can get a digital copy and all of the money from this book goes to Operation Underground Railroad. For those of you that don't know who they are, they actually help free children from sex slavery around the world. It's, I, I won't go into that in detail, but it's its terrible what goes on. It's yes. very eye-opening. Um, and I would just appreciate for you guys, hopefully we've given you lots of value in this book. I know Lynn and Martin give us a huge amount of value in their topic and all the other speakers have done a great job in this too. So Lynn, as I said, I could talk to you forever about this, but I'm very, very grateful for you giving up your time to be here. Any any last words of wisdom, anything you want to share with our listeners right now? Well, first, just thank you for having me. I know this is one of many conversations. Don't let this overwhelm you. You'll see a, a bit in the chapter about you'll be surprised how much of this you already have. So don't be overwhelmed, but pick some key areas and get started. I know you're a big proponent of pick the top two or three things that you're going to do. Execute and Hold yourself accountable to execute on those. And maybe it'll take you six months or longer to get this done. But chances are you have a lot of this already. It's just form formalizing it, documenting it. But get started. Now's a good time. Yeah, appreciate it. Lynn, I'm very grateful, as always, for your time. Everyone, um, I hope you've had a great value from that. Lynn, if someone wants to reach out to you directly, what do they need to do? Lynn at oneplaceonline.com. And that's the number one because we're the only one that does compliance and best practice. So Lynn at oneplaceonline.com. Thank you, Lynn. I'm grateful as always. And so guys, make sure you go and connect with Lynn. Um, I promise you can make a huge impact on your business. And um, hopefully you guys got lots of value from that. I look forward to catching up with you guys on the next episode. 
Thank you, Lynn, for joining me, and I'll catch up with you in the next few months, hopefully. Sounds good. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Lynn. We're on a mission to help business owners just like you to get more customers into their businesses and to help you stand out from your competition. If you'd like to find out more about the ways we can help your business, check out our website at childcarebusinessgrowth.com.